Hey everybody, it's Mario B. Before I get the episode started, I just wanted to mention, uh, because I talk about it in this episode, about the Supreme Court ruling and them taking away abortion rights. Uh, abortion rights is human rights. I talked about it for uh, about an episode and a half. Uh, and, you know, I, I just wanted to come on and, and give some, some insight of where you could go to learn about how to help in this uh, time. There is a website called nwhn.org. They have a article that um, asks how you can show support and sorority with the re- reproductive rights movement. Um, there's also the Human Rights Campaign. AidAccess.org is also another site you could go to. And there's also AbortionFunds.org as well. I'm sure there's some more. Uh, if you follow AOC on Instagram or on social media, she posts a lot of um, how you can help and, and what you can do, and she's discussing things. So definitely get out there and, and help as much as you can. Get these rights back to legalize so that you know women feel protected and uh, women's rights are more secure and we're progressing forward. Shush. To listen... Friendship. Entertainment. Cinema Seven. Two little men in a flying saucer flew down to Earth one day. Looked to left and right of it, couldn't stand the sight of it, and said, Let's fly away. Hey, Cinema 7 listeners, this is Mario B. I wanted to start off the podcast a little different. Um, I think it's a sad day in America with the uh, Supreme Court ruling. Um, a lot of people are going to twist it their own way and, and, and try to um, justify this, and there's going to be people who are going to be. Um, manipulated by certain media and what certain people tell them and uh it's absolutely bullshit um this is the opposite of progressing i think uh this shows america's interest is not in its people it's uh selfish it's about one's individual belief it's about power and you know what they say power corrupts absolutely And um, Abe Lincoln had a very, uh, you know, overused quote about power. You know, uh, nearly all men can stand adversely, adverse adversity, can stand adversity. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. And I think this shows, uh, especially men, older men, that... um, they will do what they they think is right and, and instead of what's best for everyone. And, uh, I, you know, fuck America post-Obama. Seriously. Just protect the women in your lives right now and um, let's continue to fight for their rights as best as we can because we cannot give up. Um, I think this is the first of many things that are going to come. And... Uh, if you love a woman, as a man, you need to um, stand up for them. And now more than ever is a time to really discuss sex with compassion. 
to be honest. And um, you have to understand your lady partners. You have to discuss, but you also have to listen and understand, you know, what they feel comfortable with, especially right now. You have to take the time to truly respect their wishes and be there to support them in the worries that they may have going forward, you know, their anxieties. Um, just, you have to, you know, respect, most importantly, their boundaries at this time. And I just wanted to get that off my chest because I think that needed to be said first, that uh, the Supreme Court right now is trash. I think uh, Republicans and the conservatives who think this is a good idea is trash. And I talked about it a few episodes ago where I, I thought I was ranting and I wanted to apologize, but, you know, at this point, Maybe I shouldn't apologize for that rant because this, like I said, is bullshit. And, you know, a lot of the things I wanted to talk about today, uh, the Orville, Strange New Worlds, they, um, I think they reflect what is going on right now perfectly in two of their episodes. Strange New Worlds, uh, the first episode is about division. And what I mean by that is dividing the people with politics, and they talk about that and and show what the world could become because of that division. In the Orville episode four, New Orville New Horizons, excuse me, um, it's about power. It's about uh, corruption and taking over with falsehoods to uh, protect a personal belief. And um, I think that you know, what's going on right now in America showcases both of those episodes. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard, you know, as a man, I think you should care. I used to not really get involved or care too much about things that didn't bother me until, um, my past relationship when I was really open, my eyes were opened to a lot of these things, and I still love that person in my own way. I don't communicate with them anymore. Um, I do miss them every day, and I still love them very much as I did when I was with them. And because of that, you know, I feel a need to still protect them, still um, stand up for them, and you know, they they believed in. Um, not having a child and things like that. And so, you know, in a way, my love for them and still protecting them or wanting to stand up for them makes me want to stand up for all women. Makes me want to stand up for, you know, not just my personal rights or beliefs, but for everyone's rights or beliefs. And, you know, and she did the same thing. She taught me about, um, you know, how Black Lives Matter. And she taught me about, uh, white privilege, you know, she opened my eyes to that. My ex before her, you know, did as well, but I I was very close-minded to it, and then this past relationship really opened my eyes to it because I I loved her in such a passionate way that I, I, like I said, I wanted to take care of this person, I wanted to protect them, and um, so it, it gave me a new understanding of their uh, background and and their explanation of these things. So you know, I think through that love, I've become more aware, more accepting, and and a lot of things. And 
it is sad that they're not I'm not with them anymore. And um, like I said, I miss them every day. But at the same time, I can continue to fight not only the things that they taught me, um, but the things that I, I do believe. And that's, you know, what's best for everyone. You know, everybody's got to love everybody and you got to support everybody. So if you personally are okay with what happened with the Supreme Court, then I think that you need to really fucking reevaluate your stance on not only politics, but what you want for America. Do you want it to progress or do you just want what's best for you? You know what I mean? Because, you know, same, you can argue even the same type of logic with universal health care. If health care was free, and a lot of people hate that, you know, mostly conservatives hate the idea of that because they want the option to choose. Well, I care about children, and if you have children as a conservative, I want your children to be able to be okay and afford health care. And... By you arguing against that, you're saying, let's say, I mean, I don't have kids. I don't know if I ever will, but, you know, um, my kids or some, or my friend's kids or someone else's kids can't have health care or my brother's kids. If you say they can't have health care, um, that's an attack on my family, you know, in my, in my eyes. So fuck you and fuck your opinion. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Um, I probably lost a lot of people by this time, and if you're still here, I appreciate you, but let's get into the main topics I wanted to talk about, and that's the Orville, Strange New Worlds, and Obi-Wan. The Orville, uh, New Horizons, the new season of the Orville, I, I, would, I am a little disappointed in the serious tones of the show. I've been saying if I want to watch The Next Generation, I would go watch The Next Generation. Uh, I think what made the Orville stand out are the uh, the humor elements and, and it not taking itself too seriously, though it did with its themes. It did take itself seriously with the themes that they had. I just think that the humor gave it life to where when I watch uh, The Next Generation, I'm a little bored where, you know, the Orville had this other piece to it that gave it more substance. But regardless, the Orville, uh, you know, has been good. It just hasn't been as good as seasons one and two. Um, the first episode is about suicide. The second episode is about uh, letting go and moving on. But both episodes feature the Doctor, Doctor Finn, Doctor Claire Finn, the character with the uh, in the green. The third episode is about death. Um, how you how you deal with death, what your legacy is going to be, I think, and and how you um, want to be remembered, and what you do in the time that you're on Earth, and I think a little bit of that is also what happens when you die, and the, it's okay to have that discussion. The fourth episode of the Orville, like I said, is about power. Um, it kind of mirrors what happens with Trump becoming president in America. Uh, it, it shows a more radical side of taking power and how you can easily manipulate the people with violence. And, uh, I guess, I guess in a way racism and the, the cool part about episode four is it shows that Talia, the, uh, Krill 
woman that um, falls in love with Seth MacFarlane's character, Ed Mercer, that they ended up having a child from when she disguised herself and was on the Orville. And she is the one who becomes the new leader of the Krill through violence and and manipulation. Uh, You know, the the show has been very subtextual, but it becomes very textual, I think, this season with the uh, themes that they're they're showing. So it's, it's blatantly right out there. You know, this is Trump America, how Trump took over, you know, fake news, things like that. Um, you know, like I said, the first episode is about suicide and, and overcoming that and and how do you love someone who has issues that you don't know about. Uh, episode two is about letting go and moving on from your past uh, that or, you know, ac- accepting the past. And, and three is obviously, um, you know, h- how do you deal with death? What is death um, and, and one's legacy? So it. It's become a very textualized show in what the theme is, and uh, it's not as good as seasons one and two, but it is still pretty good. And how it's um, showing the things that it, that it shows, and Strange New Worlds, I think, is more subtextual with its uh, metaphors. And what I was talking about earlier with episode one, Strange New Worlds, uh, you know, it's about the dividing line of, of politics, the division between people, and going to another world and seeing how that, you know, teaching people a lesson that we are going through politically in America. And episode two of Strange New Worlds, um, which I, I talked about before on an episode with uh, um Figuring out how to uh, talk to a, a a space rock, you know, through music and math. the The theme of that episode was mostly, you know, you can't control what uh, what happens with other things. You can only control what you do. I think is what that was teaching, because you're they're trying to stop this meteor from hitting this Earth and and letting or this planet and letting. Uh, life develop further than than it has already ultimately you know the meteor misses and goes a different direction and was always going to help that planet develop and they couldn't stop it no matter what you know it's not what you can control and i think episode four or yeah i mean episode six i guess is kind of the same way you can only control what you can You, you can't control what other people do but um, episode three is more about acceptance and accepting oneself, accepting uh, who you are and being open about it. And it, that also ties into episode five, which is about identity. And Spock, uh, I think in the original trilogy and even in some of the movies, he's always struggled with his half-human, half-Vulcan um, sides, and he doesn't know which to embrace and how to embrace them together. And you know, episode five is about that, and and what happens is his uh, fiance, who is also Vulcan, who's full Vulcan, um, he's afraid of letting her know his human side, 
and if they will accept it because of how they mostly don't think with emotion, they think more with logic. So he, he's afraid of, you know, it, it, her letting go of him. It's an it's a, a insecurity of his. And what happens is they switch bodies. So she becomes Spock for a day and he becomes her for a day. And they have to kind of learn to accept each other. And I think it helps their relationship grow. And, you, you know, they, they learn, he learns to accept both of his halves. Uh, to, well, I think he still struggles with it because in episode seven, uh, there is a character who um, is played by a beautiful trans actress. Uh, she um, kind of helps a little bit with his human side and, and accepting that. And also his fiance, you know, is looking up how human sex works, you know, to help you know, embrace his human side. So there are elements of identity in all of these episodes. And, uh, you know, the, even in episode seven, they talk about his brother, which is part of the fifth uh, Star Trek movie. This show, I don't know, this show is the best show that I'm watching currently. And I'm watching, and I, I've been watching like four or five shows all at once throughout the week. So. It's a lot to consume. The first episode of Strange New Worlds about political division. Two is about, um, you know, what you can't control in learning to expect the unexpected. Three is about acceptance. Uh, four is about PTSD. Uh, I think there's a strong um, indication about that. It could just be, you know, character development for the one character, but I see it more as like a PTSD theme uh five is about identity and so is uh, episode seven uh episode six uh you can't always win you're not always going to win and accepting loss and uh episode eight is about letting go and episode eight is a pretty phenomenal episode if if you're a parent or a dad i'm sure you can probably connect with that episode more than i have it's been one of the, it was one of the better episodes, but I, I don't think I connect to it on a level maybe a parent could. So, but like I said, Strange New Worlds is the best show I've been watching out of like all five of the shows I've been watching. Which brings me to Obi-Wan. Now, Obi-Wan, I think, should have been my favorite show thus far. Uh, I have been disappointed, like a lot of people have, with the storytelling. And I think the reason I'm very critical of it is just how protective of Star Wars I am and how uh, I over, how overly excited I was for this, this show and how my expectations were through the roof. And I went into this viewing, wanting to see some character depth, like in-depth character uh like a a deep dive into you know his psychological and mental understanding of what's been going on i i didn't think i wanted action i didn't want story of the week i i just wanted a deep dive into these characters and how they were coping with the events of episode 3 i don't know if it was something i was exactly expecting or or 
what I wanted to see, you know, was it more of what I envisioned for the show or was it just, you know, me being disappointed in the uh, lack of quality of the show, I should say. Though I wanted more time with the show, I wanted more of a better quality with the show, I do think there's a lot of good things that come out of this show. Now, I don't think you could have done anything different with what they were trying to accomplish by giving more depth to a lot of the Obi-Wan and Vader stuff in the original trilogy. Um, you could have done different things with Obi-Wan for sure by himself, but uh, I think what they did was good. Um, it did add more depth to certain things. Uh, I don't think any of those things were plot holes like a lot of articles and shit are saying online. Uh, episode 3 shows that he definitely has slowed down. And I think it ties greatly to his movement when he's on the Death Star in Episode 4. So it, I think it, it did wonders for that. And, um, you know, his explanation of, of the, the visions he sees as his brother that he never truly knew or actually met, you know, shows that the Force in Leia you know, gives her these visions of her mother that she never seen or met. So, um, I did like that. Episode five was good, but there's a, there's some things that I, I thought were kind of cheesy, kind of corny. Um, the, the two ship thing was kind of lazy. I think to me, I really like Riva because of her acting. I don't think she should be hated as much as she has been. I think that there is a lack of storytelling with the character because of the end of episode six and, and some of the things that they're not elaborating on. But I think because of episode five and the performance that Moses Ingram gives in episode six, I think it makes the character uh, ten times better than what people have been uh, contributing to the character online. Now, this show has been talked about everywhere, uh, podcasts, TikTok, you know, wherever it is. So people have gone overboard, you know, with some of the things I've said and with some of the things that people have said about Riva, I think are just entirely, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's justified because it's not, but I think that there is. Uh, criticism there uh, for the character. And, and another thing that I think is pretty bad was that they did not think about, and they probably should have, was a black character uh, going to a white family's farm, white settlers, white farmers' uh, homestead in wreaking havoc. I felt like that imagery uh, should not have been on the screen for Obi-Wan. Uh, I feel like they did not think that through, and they should have thought that through. Uh, they should have, most like, most definitely. Definitely not the best imagery you could have done, okay? I think Moses Ingram is, she put in a great performance as Reva, but episodes five and six do help the character and make me really enjoy where they could go with Riva. 
And again, everyone's going to have their own opinion. Uh, so I don't want my opinions to reflect on what I believe everyone should think. I think everyone enjoys stuff differently and everyone also doesn't enjoy things differently. So, um, I would like to have an open discussion with this with any Star Wars fans, anybody who's watched Obi-Wan. I, I talk about it with my friends a lot, but you know, I'd like to hear from you guys and hear what you guys think about this show and, and, you know, tell me only positive things about Reva because there's been too much hate online about it. I think the people who wrote Obi-Wan did not take the time to, even the, in, even the people involved with makeup and special effects and, and the director, I don't, I don't think they seriously took the time to um, just develop dialogue or, or for any of the characters. You know, you know I, I just, there's a lot of continuity, continuity. Cut, cutting, um, consistency of things from the prequels, like when they do the flashback of Obi Wan and Anakin, which I absolutely loved. The hair and the beard for Obi Wan, you know, they didn't even try to make it look like what he looked like in Episode Two. Like they didn't poof it up. They didn't dye his his beard lighter. Um, it's it's just so inconsistent, you know, and, and it's lazy. They, they have all the money in the world. This is their program. You know, this is Disney Plus. They're owned by Disney. They can pump in all the money they want. They can, they can give themselves as much time as they want. So it's just weird that they were a little lazy on certain things. Um, episode 6, the first 24 minutes, I am not a fan of. I did not like the Obi-Wan-Darth Vader fight. I know a lot of people did. Um, there are a lot of cool elements to the fight. I guess as a prequel fan, I was expecting more flash to the fight in the sense of uh, the moves and, and the things they did. Uh, Obi-Wan in this show has fought really weird with his um, like judo moves where he's just shoving and pulling people and, and stuff like that. And he did the Vader a few times, which I thought was a little weak, poor... Um, empathism on the moves and in in the fight itself but anything after that in episode six like when he's talking to vader when he goes to talk to leia um everything that happens on the lars homestead you know all that is really good up until the last piece that you see with qui-gon which made me cry seeing qui-gon again um liam neeson in the in the makeup with the hair and everything it just made me tear up like, that's my favorite Star Wars character, and I don't think he gets enough respect. So, I was uh, emotionally happy to see Qui-Gon again. Overall, I really liked Obi-Wan. I do think it could have been better. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. I wanted more character. Uh, I wanted more deep dives into the characters. But I think what we got was... Um, the best thing you could do to give depth to some things in the original trilogy. So I, I think I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to see it with, uh, I'm, I'm going to probably watch it a few more times. I just, you can't always get what you want, but, uh, if you try sometimes you get what you need. And I think this is what I needed in the end. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to talk about these shows because, um, they're some of my favorite shows in, in recent memory. Uh, the Orville seasons one and two are really good. 
Um, I've been waiting like two, three years or whatever for uh, Orville season three. I'm happy I got it. I just wish it wasn't so serious and so on the nose with its themes. Uh, Strange New Worlds uh, is my favorite show right now that I'm watching. Uh, and Obi-Wan, I'm a big Star Wars fan. It's probably my number one fandom. So, you know, I, I, I had to watch it and I had to talk about it. It's you know, on my mind constantly. And, um, you know, I think some people were disappointed and had, had high expectations for a lot of things in Obi-Wan. And, you know, that's okay. But you have to go into it with, uh, I guess, um, trying to view it for what it is. And like I said last episode, or the episode before that, you know, when I would watch things uh, with my ex-girlfriend, she had that mindset, let me see it for what it is. I don't think she had, um, she might have had expectations, but when she viewed it, it was what she gathered, you know, from her viewing experience. And, And as I said, I miss, you know, having people around me that watch things like that. So it's, uh, you just have to try to take in what you get and not overthink it and deep dive like I do and over criticize things, um, which I'm learning to do. And, uh, I really liked Obi-Wan. That's all I had for this episode. I'll talk with you guys next week. Uh, I did say I only had three more episodes in me and those three episodes are gone, but I have decided to do two to three more, and that's it. Um, one, I'm going to interview, I still have to interview George's band. Um, there, I'm going to put out an episode where I interview my grandmother, and the last episode will probably be, um, since we're halfway through the year, about some of my favorite things uh, throughout the year thus far, because I'm not going to do... You know, I'm not going to come back and do a top 10 of the year, so I'm just going to get some of my stuff out of the way uh, on that episode, my top 10 and, and stuff like that. The last you know, few episodes, I've been ending things with uh, self-love and uh, you know, how to respect yourself better, uh, and I'm going to do the same with this episode. Remember to think that self-love is a practice and it's not a destination um, you can't define it for yourself. So self-love is different for everybody. And you have to practice doing it. You can't just be like, oh, I just love myself instantly. So you you have to work at getting there and being consistent with with yourself. You have to be consistent with the practices that you put in place to uh, respect yourself more. Um, you know that you don't have to love your reality in order to love. Or accept or forgive yourself. You have to challenge your negative mindset. You have to you challenge the narrative that you put mentally into your head. And you have to stick to the facts. Okay? That's something I struggle with. So, you know, it, it's not easy. But if you practice, put in the work to, to um, not inflict yourself with negativity or uh, let your fears and anxieties, your insecurities get the best of you. Uh, you, you have to um, learn to create a better, more positive narrative in your head and uh, stick to the facts. Uh, acknowledge that 
oppression and trauma can make self-love even more challenging. And like I said, that, you know, with the practices, it's not easy to just instantly love yourself. And, uh, you know, practice setting boundaries in real life and wherever else to just build your self-worth. Remind yourself that loving, or at least accepting yourself, is worthwhile. It's worth the pursuit. And, um, like I said, you know, all of this is not easy. You can't just do it, you know, or, you know, we'd all be, we'd all be loving ourselves for who we are. Don't forget to be more understanding of your female partners or your women partners, your lady partners, your, uh, the women in your lives, uh, respect their boundaries and don't forget to love yourself. But, uh, just remember you were born an original and, uh, don't die a copy. I'm Mario B for Cinema 7 and like I said, this isn't the last episode, there's three more. I'm just going to keep doing three more, maybe. No, I'm lying. There's, there's really only three more left this time. Uh, but hope you guys have a good rest of your whatever. Be safe. Peace out. Do you want me to? Learn?